Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. We are live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. We're going to continue predicting the lineup for the Flyers this season. Joe, on our last podcast with Brooke Destra and myself, we predicted the top six for the Flyers today. We're going to look at the bottom six, and then on another podcast, we'll look at the defensive pair. So, Joe, In your mind, let's start with that third line for the Flyers. Who is it and who makes it up? So I'm going to say, and I I feel bad putting Lawton in this spot, but Scott Lawton, I feel like centering that line is is a stable. um, He's been a jack of all trades. And and I really think that you can't just go in there and throw – kids or guys that you're unsure of. You need something st- stable in the third line. So I'm going to go with Lawton in the in the center. On one of the wings, I'm going to say Wade, Al- Wade Allison, and here's why. Because last year, I think Wade Allison appeared to be like a lost player, a guy that kind of lost his identity as a player and was kind of, not kind of, he was erratic. And I think the Flyers need to see what they have. Um, and the only... I think the only really real way to do that is to play him third line minutes and not fourth, because I think with fourth, there's an expectation of what that line's going to do. We've seen Allison score. We've seen him create offense in front of the net and create havoc. They need to get that out of him again if he's going to be part of this team going forward, and I feel like he has to play on the third line in order to do that, and I would say Tyson Forrester on the other side, only because, I again, I don't think you can play Forrester with um, fourth line players, much the way we talked about Morgan Frost in the past. You don't want to, if you think a guy has exceptional skill or um, ability to put him with the fourth line, I don't think you're going to get the best out of him. And, you know, I know the checking line is not necessarily what it was 15 years ago or 20 years ago, but I still do think there is a, um, consensus that that is a more um, like a workman like line, like a not to be totally cliche, but a muck and grind kind of line. I don't think the Flyers in, in, envisioned Tyson Forrester as m- a muck and grind player. <laughs> yeah. This is a guy that they would likely want to have up their lineup further, 
going forward. So to me, you got You have to play him at three. So I would go with those three. If Tyson Forster is going to make the team, I think he probably has to steal a job away. And that's probably going to come in the bottom six. That's just naturally where more competition is had. He's a guy that I think will be one of the biggest in terms of storylines for fueling competition. Um, probably a guy that I think everyone should be watching come training camp. If there was one prospect that I think opened John Tortorella's eyes the most, it was him last year. I he mean, Tortor- so much Tortorella loved the kid. And then when he was up, it seemed like with each time he played, Tortorella talked about him more and talked about him more and more. So he was one of those guys where he wasn't on the level of like how he talked about Noah Cates, but he was kind of the next level down. I mean, you would ask, when you asked him about the future, you wouldn't get 30 seconds in without him bringing up Forrester. So he clearly is very high on him. And that's why I think he's going to identify that in camp. And he's going to want to play him with a guy like Lawton who can create some things. It's not, he's not, they're not just out there to play eight minutes a game or nine minutes a game. It's, it's, it's not top six pressure to score, but it's, there's an expectation on the third line as opposed to the fourth line where it's more of, you know, just play, play some cleanup minutes and stuff. And I don't think that that's what that's a good, I don't think that's a good way to start um, to work him in. If he makes the team, I think it would be great if he makes the team, I would love to watch him play. I think he deserves um, or should at least be pushing for, Big games up here. Um, I think that's where the Flyers should be going. He's one of the top prospects in the organization. He showed a lot in his audition last year in those eight games. And he has a strength that fills what has long been an organizational need. Uh, Shoot first winger, guy that can put the puck in the net, beat a goalie with no help. I don't have him in my lineup, Joe. I don't have him on the third line or the fourth line. I think maybe ideally, if the Flyers are healthy, I think he might be right on the outside looking in, and it wouldn't be a terrible thing if a 21-year-old kid goes to Lehigh Valley uh, and is playing there to open the year. He's waivers exempt, obviously, so that gives the Flyers some flexibility. Joe, my third line is Cam Atkinson, Noah Cates centering that line, and then Wade Allison. I think it's time for Wade Allison uh, to not play on the fourth line, to see that third line role. I think he's perfect there when things are going well for him. When he's forechecking, he's creating offense. He does have some top six skill in terms of his shot, his ability to score the puck a little bit. And then he had he kind of has that bottom six motor. I think they need to see what they have in Wade Allison. Like you said, it's the last year of his deal. He'll be a restricted free agent after this upcoming season. They got to figure out what he has, if he can play there every day, if he can stay healthy. I want to see some youth there on the third line. I think the biggest guy he'll be, he'll be competing with is Garnet Hathaway. I think those two play the same position on the wing. I think Tortorella is going to like Hathaway, and I think Hathaway could probably play third line minutes if needed. But I think they got to get Wade Allison up there uh, in terms of his age and his ability to play that position. Noah Cates, I think, is an ideal third line center. Uh, that will certainly climb the lineup in John Tortorella's eyes. I was just going to say, do you think do, do you think that Torts will be trying to push Noah Cates up to the top six? So I think that second line and that third line will fluctuate in terms okay. of minutes. Because I would I would was thinking Noah Cates second line. Yeah. Um, just because of 
he's clearly, I mean, there's not a player he talked about as much as him. Yeah. I guess maybe Konechny, but he talked about Konechny because he was asked about Konechny a lot. Yeah. So, but in terms of unsolicited bringing up a player, I think Noah Keats has to lead <laughs> lead the dressing room. Yeah, Totorella, I think if he can mold a player from scratch, it would literally be Noah Keats. Um, the only reason I don't have him in my top six is because I think Sean Couturier and Morgan Frost have to be your top six centers. I just so when maybe Cates plays a wing, uh, or maybe sometimes that second line's going one night and he, they get more minutes, or the third lines, you know, we've seen Tortorella do that. You know, do you, th- come do you think they would period. consider trying Frost on the wing? I don't think so. I just think his skill and his ability to make plays through the middle of the ice, like yeah. that, that's where he should be. I think Cates is more of a natural winger. He played winger in college. Uh, and center Frost Frost was primarily a center and junior. I think they got to see what they have with Frost as a center, mm-hmm. have him take faceoffs, have him play in the middle of the ice and facilitating Cates. I think we'll maybe see him bounce around a little bit. If they prove that they have center depth last year, he didn't because Tortorella thought they just weren't deep enough at center. They needed to, they needed to plug holes there and he trusted Cates to, defensively and, you know, in the defensive zone playing certain ways uh, that, in that style. Uh, but I think ideally he's a third line center. And I think Atkinson complements those two really well. And on each line, there's a little bit of youth. There's a guy on, you know, on my fourth line and my third line, uh, they, there's a player 24 years old or younger. So it kind of facilitates the whole youth movement, playing guys that are a little bit younger, and then also supporting them with vets. Uh, Atkinson and Allison are finishers. They can score. They work for everything. And Cates is also very much a worker. Uh, so I think that uh, blends a little bit of skill and scoring with tough to play against makeup. Uh, it, so that, that's what I have for my third line, Joe. Yeah, I um, so Cam Atkinson, I'm curious about him, what you think about him on the third line. Because last year there was a lot of, well, next year we'll have Atkinson. What about when Atkinson comes back? That that seems like talk that is not about a guy that's going to play on the third line. They see it seems yeah. like more of you think they start him on the third line to work him back in. So I had Scott Lauder on my second line, okay. and the only reason I had him there rather than Cam Atkinson is on that second line I have Frost and Konechny, two players that are smaller. I think if you put Cam Atkinson there, it's a it's a second line of guys that. Are really small. Are really small. So that was the only reason I really think Cam Atkinson's probably going to play in that top six a bunch next year. Uh, but to start the season, I thought Lawton gave that second line a little bit of grit and size. Atkinson, third line, will play minutes, uh, but give them a little bit of scoring in the third line, and it kind of balances out the size thing for me. Gotcha. But, yeah, that I'm, makes total sense and. You know, quite frankly, as I said, I felt bad about Lawton. I would like to see him play in the top six. Um, Lawton has been a good soldier for this team. Yeah. And you heard you've heard rumblings and you kind of can pick up for him some from him sometimes when he's unhappy, but he doesn't. Crush anybody in the media or leak anything out or like give somebody a quote on the side where it's it causes, you know, it ruffles feathers. He just does what he's told and uh, got power play time, which, you know, two years ago, I thought a big problem was if you're Scott Lawton and you do what you're doing 
and you're watching Nolan Patrick get power play time, who I believe had one power play goal, maybe zero. I don't remember. But that can't make you feel good. So I feel like the payoff was last year, him getting the power play time, producing a pow- on the power play. And so I'd like to see him play in the top six. I think that would be good. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about to other teams' interests in him. If you're in this season and Lawton is playing in your top six and he has a decent year, that could look attractive at the trade deadline. And I, I mean, it's not like we're trying to write this year off, but they're not. This is not a contending team. So I think you have to look at pieces like that. Do you take a guy who's been a good soldier for your team and you the payoff is you trade him to a contender at the deadline and you let him make a run at the Stanley Cup? Um, because really, I mean, when you look at Lawton's age compared to he's kind of like in the middle ground where you're not sure by the time time this team's ready, he might be done. So that that's another thing, another factor, I think, with Lawton. Absolutely something to consider. I agree, Joe. And one thing I think Keith Jones and Danny Breer will have to do when that trade deadline gets closer, they're going to have to work with John Tortorella because we mentioned how we thought key players like Kevin Hayes and Tony D'Angelo, guys that you started to see were probably not going to be here in the future, they had their trade value diminished because of where they were played. Now, Tortorella, I don't think he's going to play guys this year early on worrying about trade value, but when that trade deadline gets closer and we'll see where the Flyers are, but a lot of people believe they are not going to be a contending team. I really think the people above Tortorella are going to have to work with him and say, we need to not crush this guy's value. We need to play him in certain spots because that's going to be important for when the trade deadline comes. Well, I do, I do think there was a couple of extra factors with D'Angelo and Hayes. There was outright benchings. Yeah. So that doesn't help. And then when you had the benchings, you had, the guys talk about the benchings and that's when it became clear this doesn't match with this and then all the trade value goes out the window so to me that is what can't happen yeah so if you're gonna if a guy deserves to be benched he deserves to be benched but i i do think that there is a um they've gotten rid of the rebellious nature to some of these players. I don't know that any guy on this team right now is that sort of player. I mean, Provorov, Provorov too. He was, so they got rid of the three players who were most likely to say, well, I'm going to be benched or I'm going to play less or you don't like, then I'm going to go tell the media about it or I'm going to go, you know, kind of show my displeasure. I don't know that anybody on this team now is necessarily that kind of player. So, I think that'll help. And Scott Lawton last year saw, like you said, opportunity that he had never seen in his career. He took advantage of it career year across the board. And what happened? His value uh, outside the organization skyrocketed. Uh, Couldn't hurt if Scott Lawton's playing in a, in a big role this year, helping some young players and also helping his value, which is a, you know, a, a nice asset for the flyers to have in their pocket. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Joe, that fourth line, we've heard John Tortorella last year talk about how he feels the fourth line can often be an identity line. I have a feeling he's going to think the same way this year. 
Who do you have on that fourth line? Yeah, so the New York Islanders, to me, revamped what the fourth line can be. I mean, their fourth line is as important – well, it has been as important as their first line on some nights. I think the Flyers will have a more traditional fourth line. I would say Ryan Paling in the middle of Nick Delorier and um, and um, Garnet Hathaway. I don't think Hathaway got brought here to not make the team. Yeah. Um, Delorier has a deal, and I don't think Paling got brought here to make. It's guys who have played, guys who are experienced, and you put them on the fourth line, and they're for the most part reliable players and. I think that's what you're going to go with. You're going to go with your more traditional, not a ton of threat to score there, but maybe, you know, they mix it in a little bit. Um, I mean, we saw Delorier even get on. I'm not talking about he scored five games in a row, but he had little runs where it was like, well, this guy, he's got a little bit of he skill. Score, yeah, you know, yeah. we saw him dangle a couple times yeah. even, or it tried to. Yeah. And, you know, so that would be my fourth line, the more traditional one, but one that a team like this, I think, needs. Yeah, I had the same exact fourth line. I think that's what John Tortorella is probably picturing in his head. I think that's probably what the Flyers envisioned when they went out and got Paling and Hathaway. It gives them depth. And you have some youth there, too. Paling's 24 years old, so it gives them a little bit of youth on each line. And he's a guy that's also a bit of a Swiss Army knight, could probably play some wing. But I think uh, they're going to see what they have in him at center. And I think all four guys, and particularly Paling and Hathaway, can probably climb your lineup a little bit. And I would not su- be surprised at all if Tortorella uh, plays that line. Like, doesn't just shelter them and have them play seven or eight minutes. I think those guys are going to play 12 to 13 minutes at times. Uh, and, yeah, all physical, four-check-oriented guys um, that can really, probably with their shifts, set up another line that comes on the ice after them, put them in good spots. Uh, Joe, I'm with you on Forrester, and I also think another guy that's going to push is Elliot Desnoyers. To me, he might be one of the biggest sleepers in terms of making the team out of camp. Again, he might have to have some things break his way, whether it be an injury or a player above him underperforming, but he is also one kid that I think Tortorella loved. The organization is crazy high on him. Yeah, I was going to say, we've heard Danny Briere bring up his team unsolicited. Yes, exactly. On several occasions. Yep. And, you know, that's the thing is, I think when you bring in a guy like Hathaway and when we heard Hathaway talk on his um, when he first got introduced, it was a refreshing. I, I don't I don't think Garnet Hathaway is going to be disappointed if he loses playing time to an up and coming player. It sounds like he and Briere talked about that because he brought it up during his, you know, during his availability and. Those are the kind of guys I think this team needs. So, and Hathaway has played for winning franchises. I mean, last year he went from the Capitals, who had won previously in his tenure with them, and he got traded to the Bruins, who looked like they were primed to make a Stanley Cup run, and it didn't go that way. But, you know, it's it's a totally different thing for him and a different experience. So, but I think he'll help the guys like Denoye and um, Forrester and those young guys. I think a, a guy like Hathaway will be a good, you know, kind of guy to go to and get some tips and learn about the league and how to be in the league. Yeah. And I think it's always good when you have uh, young players pushing rather than just getting jobs. I don't think you ever really want to hand a kid a job. Uh, sometimes they're, 
it comes to a point in time where yes, they they, they realize they're a part of this, but uh, it's good to have competition in camp. I don't think there was a ton of competition in camp last year because Couturier was hurt, Atkinson was hurt, and suddenly they were already looking a little depleted at up front to the point where kids, younger players, uh, had to take jobs. Uh, this time, if all goes well, if there's no injuries which is probably rare, but if, if things go well and guys are healthy and we expect them to be healthy, I think you'll have good competition. Forster and Desnoyers are two young players, 21-year-old forwards that I think will really, really push. And I think the organization should consider them. If they're showing in camp and they're flashing in preseason that they could you know, earn a job, I think they should be considered. You shouldn't just not have them be here because it's, you know, you have guys that you think should be there. They should be pushing, and Daniel has a bottom six makeup, a guy that can play a little wing, can play center, and uh, and can help you score maybe in your bottom six. So if I had to have two guys that I think are going to push that I don't have in my lineup right now, it would be those two. But we'll see where it all goes, Joe. I think there's going to be competition up front. I yeah. think that's the good thing. I thought that's what they did with Hathaway and Paling um, to kind of put these guys around youth. And, of course, the returns of Katoria and Atkinson – all signs point to them being healthy right now from what we've heard throughout the offseason. If those two are healthy, suddenly you do have competition. I also think that there is, um, when you look at a guy like Konechny, um, a, a guy like Tippett, they're going to be, Tippett definitely more settled in. And I bring up Konechny because there was a lot of buzz about, are they going to trade him? Is he going to be, if he is, okay, I'm this is where I'm going to be. I think that's a good, a different mindset for a player and Konechny can maybe work like uh, kind of identify himself as a leader on this team. I think it's hard to identify yourself as a leader when there's constantly talk about, is he going to be here? Is he John, is he a John Tortorella kind of player? Is are they, they could get a lot for him. What about trading him? I think that's a lot of noise that is, they can say what they want. It's hard to ignore that kind of noise. So maybe Konechny develops into kind of taking, I mean, we saw he was on pace to have 40 goals last year before he got hurt. So say he doesn't get hurt. I'm interested to see what kind of season he can have with healthy players around him, um, particularly Couturier, if we think he's going to play with Couturier. Um, because remember, the thing with Couturier going back a few years was a guy that was struggling, put them with Couturier, a guy that's going well, particularly a winger, put them with Couturier and he elevates that guy's level of play. So we'll see if that returns too. I think definitely. And I think selfishly, there's going to be some wingers like Tippett and connect that are itching to play with Couturier. If he's, if he's looking like his old self, because as you said, uh, those are two guys that had great years last year, very productive years, but can they go to another level when they play with a chunk of Couturier? Uh, Selfishly, I'm 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 hoping Atkinson and Couturier are healthy because I think they're good people and they've been through a lot and they they make the competition uh, a lot more intriguing, Joe. And we'll see that competition definitely in September when training camp rolls around. Today is August first, which means uh, September is next, and camp will be getting uh, around midtime that month. Uh, we'll be watching it all, evaluating it all, and we're excited to break down the defensive pairs on this next podcast. Joe Fordyce, thank you so much as always. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait 
to talk to you next time. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.